Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 165. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have a returning guest, Logan Bialik. It's good to be back. And as ever, I'm glad to have you back. To explain the topic a bit to the audience, I've been thinking recently about the distinction between knowing and wondering as verbs. And in my observation, we live in a culture where wondering isn't really encouraged and knowledge or knowing seems to be prized above all else in the ways we interact with and navigate information. I would even venture as a potential subtopic to return to within this discussion that children are allowed to wonder, but adults are expected to know things. And I think that's even evident within certain family structures where children will ask of their parents in a state of wonder larger questions than perhaps parents are equipped to answer at the time. And to explain to the audience why I was particularly eager to have you on in this discussion, I can reflect on our friendship from the very beginning a few years ago as one that was constantly encouraging a state of wonder in a lot of ways. I know very early on, you were comfortable asking me rather large questions about my personality or perspectives, beliefs, etc. And I remember really appreciating that because it never felt as though it was coming from a place of judgment or presumption and that you were legitimately curious to learn more about me. And I was simultaneously eager to learn more about you as a person. What I've really enjoyed in our friendship is that there has been mutual wonder that has often expanded to topics beyond ourselves, which do not require immediate answers, and I don't think in the context of our interactions we have ever demanded of one another concrete or expert-level knowledge, which I think can be very stressful when we recognize as young adults that we don't have expertise in a lot of areas. And so I won't ask that you limit your response to our friendship, But I would really love to know, in your observations of various social interactions, how you would describe the social circumstances in our culture as it relates to wonder and knowledge and perhaps social expectations people have of one another. You know, Kip, I think that's a really interesting question. And when I think about various social circumstances I've been in, whether that's been in a workplace or been in group settings, friendship or interpersonal settings, I think that a big part of knowledge versus wonder, or at least the possession of knowledge or the appearance of possessing knowledge has to do with power power as it relates to people's self-perceptions and their perceptions of themselves in relation to the people that they're around and the kind of impression or the kind of role they want to build for themselves. And knowledge is a tool. They say knowledge is power, right? People use knowledge to establish a status for themselves, or they can. And in that way, it sort of closes doors, but it also creates an interrelational power dynamic that is more comfortable for people on either end, I think, sometimes. I myself tend to take more of a position on the side of wondering, in part because I don't feel like I'm an expert on a lot of things, which I think is a byproduct of me being a young adult and not having a lot of experience yet in the world. But it also is I consider myself a fairly humble person. And in my relations with people, I'd like to think that I don't subconsciously try to establish a status of dominance. And because of that, I tend not to sort of perform my knowledge in interactions with people. But I have been in circumstances where other people are doing that. Now that you bring it up, when I think about it, I notice the way that that makes me feel in relation to them. It puts them in this role of being 
the knower and therefore the one with more power and more agency. So yeah, I think that knowledge versus wonder has a lot to do with how we interact with each other on a basis of power. There's a lot there I would really love to unpack. First of all, the idea that knowledge is power, which is, of course, a common saying often used to empower individuals and justify the acquisition of knowledge. But in the context of this conversation, it does make me, if you'll pardon the use of the verb, wonder about the role that wonder would play in that idea of knowledge being associated with power. Because I don't know that I would go so far as to say knowledge is power, but wonder is powerlessness, because I think it is in many ways a process, whereas knowledge to me, and one of the reasons I think I have a certain reluctant relationship with knowledge, is that it seems very terminal. Once you know something, you know it. And indeed, you can build upon that knowledge, which I'd love to come back to. But once you have a fact, and I'm in no way saying facts are not useful, it is concrete. It is like a brick. Whereas wonder to me is the process of exploring information. And again, I think that's why I've enjoyed conversations with you and other relationships I have where wonder is either explicitly or implicitly valued because it can be a more mutual thing. I think often knowledge in conversations and in social interactions like you describe can create a dynamic where someone is therefore powerless. And if it's a student-teacher relationship, it may not be mutual. And I think oftentimes those without knowledge feel that lack and that absence of ability to interact in an informed or thoughtful way. Whereas when you wonder, when you ask open-ended questions that you may not have the answers to, in my experience, it invites conversation. And I think in many ways, this topic is well-suited for a podcast like this, where I've never expected expertise of guests or co-hosts, and I myself acknowledge that I'm not an expert, again, to go back to my own youth. But I think the process of wondering does lead to a lot of interesting discoveries, and at the very least can inform our thinking, and I've been particularly grateful for that. And to tie the phrase knowledge is power with your other comment about self-perception, I think knowledge is often the power in the face of those who do not know. I think we're met with people who appear to be masters of information, when in reality, they may have mastered certain shortcuts or certain larger details and may not know as much as we think they know. And we can feel the people who have knowledge because I think they are often the most eager to share their knowledge. But in my experience, a love of wonder has come from the fact that it is social, whereas knowledge is not necessarily. And I'm not saying knowledge cannot be, but I think wonder and the acknowledgement of our existential circumstances in the universe that we emerge into life without really any knowledge and we're trying to build up an understanding, to me, wonder fits well with those circumstances that we are all, plus or minus a few decades or years, in the same circumstances, trying to figure out life and trying to explore it in a healthy and productive way. And to me, wonder is an invitation to make that exploration, to digest and process information, a more social journey than that of knowledge. I would make the metaphorical comparison that wonder in my mind is a conversation, which can include many people or perhaps just a few, whereas knowledge is the reading of a book. And I say that not to disparage reading. I love reading. But I think there are certain contexts where wonder and knowledge serve different purposes. What you said about knowledge being terminal really resonates with me, I think. And the idea that wonder, in contrast, exists more as a conversation and is more social in the way, without conversation, without the 
presence of other wondering minds or wondering perspectives. Wonder can't expand into deeper understandings or deeper questions, if you will. And knowledge, the way you described it as being terminal, I agree, it sort of feels terminal, but it also feels like or is, I think, in a sense, an end in itself. Like what you said, we are born into this world without any knowledge in a state of wonder. And as we grow older, that wonder sort of carries us into accumulating amounts of knowledge. And while, yes, I agree that everyone in every stage of life is experiencing some sort of amount of wonder or trying to figure out what they're living and and what the world is about. I think also we accumulate knowledge over time and that knowledge is an emblem of experience and an emblem of accomplishment, which I think goes back to the fact that sharing knowledge is a way that people express or establish power in social circumstances. And I don't know that knowledge is necessarily bad and wonder is good. I agree that we live in a culture that values knowledge more or places more symbolic power in the possession of knowledge. But I don't think that one is good and the other is bad. And maybe I'm indoctrinated by our toxic cultural values. But I, as a young adult, desire and aspire to have more knowledge and aspire to be someone that possesses more knowledge. People that I look to as examples of what I want to become are people that contain amounts of knowledge that are much larger than my own. I eagerly seek out opportunities to read or listen to lectures or podcasts in order to gain knowledge, in order to build upon my steadily growing accumulation of knowledge. And I consider that an effort at self-improvement. There are certain turns or phrases there that I found really intriguing, one of which being that you talk about other people as containing knowledge. And I think that works well with my understanding of the distinction that in many ways, wonder cannot be contained. If someone is a wondering individual, they are a conduit of sorts for the process of philosophical exploration, whereas knowledge, I would agree with you, is something that can be contained And I suppose one of my hesitations regarding knowledge, although I concur with you that it is not inherently bad, is that in my perception, much like the philosophy of materialism, I do feel there are people who pursue knowledge with the implicit belief that they will fill something in themselves or that eventually they will accumulate, quote, enough knowledge. And I don't know that they would ever articulate it as such, but it's the perception I've often had. And perhaps I'm wrong, and those individuals are in fact filled with wonder and don't seek to accumulate anything, but their approach to the information they encounter to me says otherwise. And as someone who's been critical of knowledge in this conversation, I will say that your use of the word accumulated is also much appreciated because I do think it can be hard to build upon wonder that with knowledge, with facts and information, you can build up to and develop more complex understandings given the basic building blocks that knowledge has already given you. And I suppose for me, one of the lessons which emerges here is that neither knowledge nor wonder exists as a, quote, good within a vacuum. But I would encourage people who are constantly wondering to seek out facts with which to substantiate that process. And for those who maybe have accumulated a great deal of knowledge and information, to try and apply that knowledge in a more social way, if you have not already, in a wondering sense. 
And I would even go so far as to hypothesize that all knowledge we currently have is derived from the creative and persistent wondering of our species and those who have said, I don't know the answer to this question and I'd like to explore it more. And it is a worry of mine that in a culture which so heavily reveres the knowledge that we have accumulated, we forget how we as a species got here to a circumstance of having a breadth of knowledge and so many different facts related to our universe and the various sciences that dictate its behavior and the patterns within it. And I think it is crucial, if not fundamental in some ways to human nature, that we maintain a degree of wonder in our lives because I think it also helps us to appreciate new information. I think knowledge can at times be static in certain ways. And I know this is on a hypothetical level, of course, but do you think to a certain degree our species, in my understanding as one that has developed a vast array of knowledge through previous wondering, has become in some ways alienated from the process of innocent but determined wondering? I don't know. It's hard for me to say from where I sit, because I think myself and the people and the communities that I am fortunate to be surrounded by are ones that continue to have a spirit of wonder about them. Wonder is not just a thing in itself. It's a style of thinking and it's a style of going about and perceiving the world and taking in new information. And as you said, it's led to things like scientific discoveries and philosophical conversations that have led us to deeper understandings of the world. And yeah, I do think that humanity's relationship with wonder has changed over time, especially as we've developed new technologies that put at our fingertips almost any piece of knowledge you can imagine or wonder about. And two, I think there's a lot of security in knowledge and greater feelings of safety and certainty. And when we're able to accumulate or surround our world with more knowledge and certainty, if you will, that creates a greater state of comfort that I think we're less willing to step away from. I mean, you could argue, especially in the United States, and I could, this is just my perspective, I could be completely off on this, but religion has had a diminishing influence on a lot of pockets of the American population. I think that's partly a byproduct of people being able to have access to more information, people being more mobile, being able to move across thousands of miles in a matter of hours, greater independence and individualism. But we're seeing a diminished role of the church or of religion in much of our society. And I think that's because people are feeling less of a need to seek external or supernatural answers, if you will, to their questions, because there are more tangible answers out there. There's logic and reasoning, and there are frameworks that humanity has created that help us in our minds to establish the difference between truth and falsehood, like the scientific method, for example. I think that's an excellent point, and I've often heard people present a dichotomy of science versus faith, which I find to be a bit reductive, but I do think there is a grain of truth there in that people are constantly seeking truth in various formats. And in my perception, the world's religions and spiritual approaches to understanding the universe have offered certain narratives or ideas about where we come from, where we're going, etc. And I think in many ways, one of the reasons death is so concerning to most of us is that it can't be encapsulated by knowledge. And in a society where knowledge is in many ways a commodity of sorts that we are all seeking, 
death can't be properly encapsulated, and even on the side of wonder, which I am admittedly a proponent of, you can only wonder so far, and ultimately that wonder will not bring you to any answers necessarily, and will not alter the fate that is death, and to me that's one of the intriguing aspects of this dichotomy, that knowledge and wonder do not always change our circumstances, but can at times offer new perspectives on the environments and circumstances in which we find ourselves. And I think one of the reasons coming back to religion and spirituality, that there is such a divide and perhaps in certain ways a recession or erosion of spiritual culture in the United States and perhaps elsewhere, is I think a very rigid divide between knowledge and wonder. And wonder could be synonymous with faith in certain circumstances where there is a dedication there, but a concession that you do not have the answers and that you are on some level trusting in an answer to be found or a process to present a positive outcome. And given that rigid divide, I would encourage more people, myself included, to make better use of balancing knowledge and wonder because I think they operate quite well together and can complement one another's strengths. And as a penultimate thought I'd love to touch on before we close this episode, I was thinking in preparation that knowledge presents, as we've discussed, a type of ownership of facts and information, whereas wondering may behave more like a temporary rental of certain knowledge or beliefs and ideas that you don't necessarily have complete control of. And in a culture where material and capital ownership is incredibly valued and presents a source of power, I'd be really curious to know if you think that might further explain why we don't see a prevalence of wonder in adulthood in our culture and society. I do think you have a really good point there, Kip, about the metaphor of knowledge as being something that you can possess and how that is directly related to the capitalist system we live in where possession, ownership, and positivism are valued above all else. And by positivism, I mean the idea that that which is visible and tangible is reality, and that's what matters the most, and that's where we can find truth. But to your question about whether or why we see knowledge to be more prevalent in adulthood than we do in childhood, I think that also harkens back to the fact that we accumulate knowledge over time as we grow and as we experience more things. And again, this is me taking more of a positive spin on knowledge, but I think that having a breadth or a depth of knowledge is emblematic of something very admirable, of a concerted effort to gain that knowledge, of life experiences accumulated over time that give us knowledge that we can't get from reading books. And I think there's something to be said for the aspiration to gain that knowledge as we grow into adulthood. Especially for me, as someone who's in the stage of young adulthood, where I still feel that liminality of being at once a child or adolescent and, on the other hand, being an adult. And knowledge and wonder don't have to be mutually exclusive, right? I don't think they're opposites. I think it's all about how you are framing your own position in the world and how you are receiving new information and new experiences. And before we close the episode, what would you like the audience to consider after listening to this discussion? 
Well, I think just first being more conscious of the distinction between wonder and knowledge and the role that it plays in our own personal ways of interacting with other people and with the world. I mean, just having this conversation tonight with you, Kit, made me think about the distinction more than I ever have before. And even just that act is revelatory in itself. And also the fact that wonder and knowledge both have a role and an importance in our course of life and learning about the world. And both are to be admired and respected in spite of their fundamental differences. One being more of a means or a method that is wonder and the other being more of an end or a reward or a result. I think that wonder can be a wonderful way of connecting with people, creating relationships, and also expanding our own base of knowledge and our abilities to wonder. Because really the beautiful thing that comes from wonder is the conversations that we have and the way that minds interact to produce new questions and maybe new answers. And to the point of the impact that knowledge and wonder can have on us, I would argue that wonder has a very humbling effect in reminding us of all that we do not know and of our relative inexperience as people, even in large groups of people who are simultaneously wondering, whereas I think knowledge can afford us very valuable confidence, and I would distinguish that from arrogance, which I would define as a buildup of too much confidence that is perhaps falsely placed in an individual or a circumstance. And I think those two things can be beautifully balanced, where someone is still curious and humble, but has a degree of confidence with which they can venture into the world. I would also encourage those listening who feel they are more inclined to one end of this dichotomy than the other to test the waters a bit and see if you can wonder or pursue more concrete knowledge in new ways. And finally, as a challenge of sorts to listeners, I'd be really interested to know in upcoming social interactions you have with people, if you can see how you might categorize what is said and shared in the form of information, if you feel it might look more like knowledge or mutual wondering, or perhaps you would offer an alternative set of options, and in that case, I would be just as curious to hear what you would have to say. And of course, Logan, I'd like to thank you very much for coming on and sharing your thoughts. Thanks for having me, Kip. It was a privilege to talk with you tonight. Of course, it was a pleasure. As always, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So if you have any thoughts, please feel free to reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing to the show as well as supporting us on Patreon where you can enjoy perks like bonus episodes in exchange for your support. And as always, we thank you very much for listening. And from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark signing off.